beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Pentecost, and we remember and celebrate in particular the events we read about in Acts 2. The outpouring of the promised Holy Spirit upon this small congregation of Christian believers gathered in Jerusalem. That's clearly a most important event for the whole world, seeing that all had heard and understood what was happening, no matter where they came from, no matter what language they spoke. They visibly saw the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit in these people. They saw what powerful witnesses they became with the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. Clearly an event of worldwide significance announcing the arrival of the last days of the earth's existence before the great and final day of Christ's return. But this was not a totally new development, but one which was planned by God all along, and for which the prophets in the name of the Lord also tried to prepare people. And that's why Peter refers to and quotes from Joel in chapter 2 of Acts. Now, when the writers of the New Testament quote from the Old Testament, we do well not to focus only on the quoted words, but the whole context in which those words were spoken. Because that's what would come to the mind of the hearers. And that's what we will seek to do today so that we may understand all the better what it means that the Holy Spirit dwells in each one of us. What was the situation when Joel spoke these words? Fierce judgments of the Lord had been raging through Judah, Jerusalem, the nations around them. Severe droughts had been hitting the region, causing extreme suffering and the death of many people and livestock alike. And this judgment of God came accompanied by horrendous plagues of locusts, grasshoppers, devouring everything that is green in the country, even stripping the barks of the trees. Now, in our part of the world, we can hardly imagine what such plagues mean as described to us in detail by Joel in the first two chapters. Yet, it was a call from the Lord God for his people to as yet repent, to turn to him with their hearts, as we heard, to rend their hearts instead of just their garments, now that they had experienced in their own lives also the curses of the covenant. They were reminded that this same holy God who causes such severe judgments is also the most gracious and the most compassionate God to those who do repent sincerely. Joel also called the people to an assembly to meet together as his people, as a covenant community to plead with God to spare them, to have mercy on them. And so there was a returning to the Lord. 
And then we also heard in chapter 2 how the Lord responded to this repentance. How the Lord took pity on his people. And then the tide is reversed. Instead of curses and judgments, there are now showers of covenant blessings. The plagues ceased just as sudden as they had come. The rains came again and the land produced its crops. Animals could find food again. So it said, you will have plenty to eat until you are full. You will praise the name of the Lord your God. But then the Lord reveals to the prophet Joel that all this is another step towards the great day to come. The day of the Lord. Things aren't going to remain the way it is. And Israel should not be content that as long as they prosper and as long as they know that the Lord is their God. In the same way that we should not be content as long as we are well and as long as we are comfortable. The special dealings with Israel are only another step towards fulfilling God's great plan of redemption. Because the great and the dreadful day of the Lord comes. Our text speaks about a new or a renewed covenant. Speaks about the time after Israel has fulfilled its task in the world. It speaks about what will happen in between this blessed restored state of Israel and the end of times, our days. Yes, the Lord will restore the fortunes of Israel after these judgments, also after the exile. But this will be followed by another age, the new covenant, the new Israel, which was heralded in by Jesus Christ coming into the world and bringing the ultimate sacrifices of his life to be celebrated this morning. Now the Lord is in his final preparation of the great day. Now we have entered into the last days, the period in which we find ourselves as well. And that is what our text speaks about. I preach to you the Lord's preparation for the great day. The Lord's preparation for the great day. And we will see first the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the resulting crisis in the world. And thirdly, the only escape. So first of all, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the resulting crisis in the world. And the only escape. And afterwards, our text begins. The Lord is opening up the curtain to let his people see what he is all going to do in the course of the history of his people and the world. After granting Israel temporary restoration, after letting his people know through his blessings that he is the Lord their God, and that there is no other greater things are going to happen, but that they'll all be before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. 
So the Lord is there talking about the time of the New Testament, the New Covenant mediated by Jesus Christ, the time that we find ourselves in, also referred to as the last days, namely the last days before the great day of the Lord's return. What will happen? What will change? Well, this we read in the verses 28 and 29, when the Lord says, I will pour out my spirits on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even all my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Of course, we know from Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost that then the fulfillment of this prophecy became evident. And we will come back to that later. But we should first of all see what impact this prophecy had in the days of Joel. What did it mean to the people of Judah those days to hear this? What did it tell them about how the Lord was preparing his people and the world for the great day of the Lord, the day of judgment? Now, there are two elements in this prophecy that mark the great change that is coming about. The one is that the Lord will pour out his spirit. And the second one being that it will be on all All the people. There will be a fullness of the Spirit in these last days. Yes, the Lord spoke about in Joel about the blessings that would be visible in nature. When he says he has given you autumn rains in righteousness, he sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains. Says that he has revived the thirsty ground and abundant produce has returned joy and gladness to God's people. All showers of God's blessings. But now the Lord speaks about another kind of rain. Yes, a downpour, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which will also cause fruits to grow will also return joy and gladness to people, but of a whole different dimension. Sure, it is a great blessing when we, under God's blessing, uh, may prosper in what we do. When, in terms of agricultural Israel of those days, the trees again bear their fruits, the fig tree and vine yield their riches, when the vats overflow with new wine and oil, when the plagues will be stopped, and there will be abundance in the land, when our terms, when you have good jobs and there's results in your education and you're prospering what you do, but those are all temporary. Those are all passing pleasures. The Lord will bring about a much greater, much deeper revival by pouring out His Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit was there all along throughout the Old Testament well. 
as, as well. There are prophets filled with the Spirit. There are kings who receive the special manifestation of the Spirit. Priests were unable to do their tasks. We read of skilled craftsmen being filled with the Holy Spirit. But throughout the Old Testament, there doesn't seem to be a prominence of the Holy Spirit. No, no, no pouring out as such. Israel remains in its protected childhood. To a great extent, isolated from the rest of the world. And being nourished and being equipped for greater things to come. We, for example, don't see any great missionary effort in the Old Testament. Even though the Lord reminded his people time and again of their place and function in the world. And ever since Abraham, the Lord predicted that they would be a great blessing to all people. But it seems all subdued. It seemed all restrained until the coming of Jesus Christ. So subdued that the Lord has to remind them of their calling in the world. Lest they become too comfortable and too introverts. Especially in times of blessings and prosperity. But that will all change, the Lord says. And afterward, the Lord says, I will pour out my spirits. And that will also show on whom the spirit will be poured out. On all people. Now, that was new for the people in Joel's days, the so-called Mosaic Age. In Numbers 11, we read that the elders assisting Moses also received the Spirit for a while. And how then two of them, namely Eldat and Medat, they kept on prophesying, speaking in the Spirit. Showing evidence of having the Holy Spirit. At that time, the people are troubled by that. Joshua even spoke up and told Moses to tell those elders to stop doing that. After all, only Moses was the God-given prophet. But then Moses exclaims, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. So clearly that was not the case yet in that sense. But now the Lord is going to change things. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. All these ways and means by which the Lord revealed himself to his prophets through prophecy, dreams, and visions. But now this will happen to all. The word of the Lord will go out from many. The Holy Spirit will work in everyone in full force, even in servants, both men and women. The Nif has my servants, but more accurately, more accurately would be even all my servants or slaves 
Slaves which never played a role in God's service. Yes, they were even banned from his service. But the Lord removes all these distinctions in preparation for the great day. Now his people must go out full force into the world filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, we see this happening with the clear, visible evidence provided by the Lord. They all received tongues as a fire. They all spoke in tongues. They all spoke of the wonderful deeds of the Lord. The fact that they all received the Spirit, that does not erase all distinctions and roles. There still are the special offices as well. There are apostles and evangelists and elders and deacons. And they're still male and they're still female and different roles for them. But it does mean that all are recruited in the Lord's service. All are filled with the Holy Spirit as each one performs the task given to them by the Lord. In the position and the role that the Lord has assigned to them. Now it's the time for God's people to go out into the world. To confront the world with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your sons, your daughters, your young man, your old man, servants, male, female. You're all drafted into God's army. You all receive the Holy Spirit. You all have the word of God. God has armed you. God has equipped you. And now that the final days are upon us, we have a great task to fulfill. No one can consider himself exempt. No one can say, oh, that is not my task. There is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit upon you all. Now, secondly, we will see the resulting crisis in the world. When God's army of spirit-filled believers go out into the world, it brings about a great crisis. The most serious confrontation, which has grave consequences for the earth, but even in the heavens, as we read in the verses 30 and 31, where it says, I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The moon, the, moon, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Note well, it says that all these things will happen before the great day of the Lord. And as an immediate result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now when Peter says this, it is being fulfilled in the things that the people are witnessing on the day of Pentecost. Then he also includes these verses in his quote from Joel. In other words, there's full out war on earth and in heaven, between God and Satan. 
between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. All as a result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and giving that witnessing power of the word of God to all of God's people. We're now in the final battle before the Lord comes again. And that is going to show wonders in heaven and on earth. Now the connotation of wonders is somewhat too positive. Wonders makes us think of pleasant things. But actually what is meant is wonders in the sense of signs. Unexpected things. Signs and indications that very serious things are happening, affecting the heavens as well as the earth. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. What is that? That's a war zone. In a war zone, there's blood and fire, billows of smoke, with mass killings. It speaks of destruction by fire. Such a powerful weapon in the hands of people. How much has not been purposely dis- been destroyed by fire, even today? Whole cities and the ominous signs of such destructive fires are seen from far away by the billows of smoke and the darkening of the skies, so that the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood, the color of blood. Or you may have seen something similar when there were these great forest fires and these views that we get from war zones. And some of you will remember these horrible fires of the oil wells in Kuwait. What that did to the atmosphere, how the sun and the moon became red because of it. We do well to remember that the outpouring of the Spirit not only fills God's people with the fruits of the Spirit, but it also provokes the devil and the world to offer the strongest resistance to this gracious work of God in this world. Outpouring of the Spirit saves God's people, but it also brings judgment upon people. As Jesus said and warned us already, you may be forgiven speaking against the Son of Man, but not when you speak against the Holy Spirit. For with this outpouring has come the final battle, the crisis that will lead to the great day of the Lord. Now Israel experienced some of that shortly after, on smaller scale, the fulfillment of this prophecy prophecies Peter quoted on the day of Pentecost. It was not long after Pentecost that the horrible destruction of Jerusalem took place, where some of these things prophesied here already took place. Revelation 12, we read about the hatred and the warfare of the dragon, first in heaven and then continued on the earth after he was unsuccessful to defeat Jesus Christ. Believing in Jesus Christ, having received the Holy Spirit, brings about a crisis. 
brings about a crisis in our own personal lives between our old and our new nature. Brings about a crisis in this world, wherever the testimony of the church, of men and women, your sons and daughters, young and old, even slaves, wherever the testimony is rejected, Satan and the world form an alliance, trying to silence this witness, destroy the coming kingdom of God. Just think about it, brothers and sisters, how many wars, how much bloodshed, how much destruction has not been caused because of the Christian faith and still is being happening everywhere throughout the world. And is the whole book of Revelation describing all the things that are to take place? Not one great story of severe war and destruction and natural disasters. All these things are God's preparations for the great day to come. The time has not yet come for each man to sit under his own fig tree and enjoy the fruits of the vine, to live in peace and prosperity enjoying all God's physical blessings. It may have sounded like paradise restored for a while, but it will not last before the great day comes. Instead, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. The judgments of the Lord will be severe. And all that is also the result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, who will also convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgments. The world will be brought into a crisis situation, and they must choose either for or against the Lord. And the result will be severe opposition against all those who have received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, who are recruited into God's army, promoting His kingdom. And lastly, we will see the point of the only escape. Yes, there is a way of escape. Yet there is salvation, even when times get very difficult and very turbulent. Even when the signs of the final judgment and the great day become more and more evident. You can see it in our own nation, in the world all around us. We read in the last verse of our text, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Now, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God's name will be made known throughout the world. And everyone will be confronted with the Lord. And the good news that everyone who believes in Jesus Christ will not perish, but have life everlasting. And everyone who calls in response to this message, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, will be saved. That is, everyone who seeks the Lord 
in regular and faithful worship. For that is calling upon the name of the Lord. Everyone who turns to the Lord in faith shall be saved. What a wonderful message that we, as God's Holy Spirit-filled prophets, may bring in this world. Joel also proclaimed before, The day of the Lord is great, it's dreadful, who can endure it? But the Lord also allows us to proclaim His grace. Everyone who calls on the name will be saved. Brothers and sisters, says everyone. Let us not take away from that, nor add to it. But the Lord also makes clear the very special position of His people in this redeeming work. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance. It pleased God to manifest Himself in and through His people. As centralized in Jerusalem, where God's temple was in those days, where He dwells amidst His people. Now, Mount Zion and Jerusalem of the Old Covenant also stand for the Church of God in the New Covenant. The Church is also referred to as the Temple of God. God uses His Church in the preparation for this great day. The Church is where the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is most manifest. The Lord entrusted the keys of the kingdom to the church. The preaching of the gospel, administration of church discipline, and all of Satan's wrath and the world's resistance is therefore directed against the church of Jesus Christ. Because that is God's chosen means through which he seeks to save people before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. Who can endure it? Those who believe in Jesus Christ. Those who are faithful in calling upon the name of the Lord. Those who belong to God's people who dwell on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. All whom are chosen and called by the Lord. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, no matter where they are, will be saved. For on Mount Zion... And in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. There are indeed survivors who would have been swallowed up in the destructive events in this world if it had not been for God's grace who called them unto himself before that great day of the Lord comes. After all, God desires to have a new creation. There will be a great multitude to dwell upon the new earth. Brother and sister, know whose side you're on in this great warfare before the great day. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, sons and daughters, old men, young men, even servants, both men and women, Declare the great works of the Lord your God until the complete victory has come. In words, in other words, live the holy life that you have been granted in Jesus Christ. Amen.